Yeah, we <laughs> are, Craig. Meow, meow, meow. Uh, all right. So for the record, I was recording the on the backup. So even if I hadn't realized this the entire time, we would have had a recording. It's just, well, this gets us, yeah, so we were okay. Welcome in everyone to episode four two four. I'm not going to make the same formation joke I did in the in the other one. Um, yeah, I'm Edward Green, joined by Colin Crime West Bradshaw, and uh, yeah, we are going to do our last podcast before the preseason episode, which will be next week. Uh, we will be getting to that. It will be a lot of fun. Uh, that will give us another week to figure out what the hell we think about some of these teams that aren't the Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, and so, because God bless, there there will be, I'm sure, differences in our in our top seven. Um, and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to still decide as we look towards the beginning of the season. Of course, the uh, the English football season starts starts this week. Uh, we do have some championship matches. We also have the Community Shield, which will be coming back this one. weekend. Oh, it is the big one. It's the next one, so it's the big one. Uh, so we'll be getting Wes's thoughts on that here momentarily. Uh, we'll also be hitting the news and notes as, as usual. We'll be doing some more transfer news. Um, one which Wes inadvertently, I think unknowingly teased, was going to happen. And then happened like literally hours after we finished recording. Um <laughs> Uh, so we'll get to that one uh, in just a little bit, as well as the uh, the ongoing Ronaldo saga. And then uh, we'll pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and call it a pod. Um, so as we get started here, again, not much match talk. Uh, congratulations, though, to the English women's team for making the finals of Euro 2022. They'll be going up against eight-time winner Germany. Good luck. Good luck. Um, Germany, I'm telling you, just a matchup never thought we'd see. I mean, they don't have much in common footballing-wise. No. I don't know if Germany and England even know each other. Just... No history there, despite despite being on the same continent. No history at all. Especially Definitely no history. They have never crossed paths in the world. And don't forget, folks, I'm an amateur historian. <laughs> so weird. You'd think these two teams would have played each other in something before now jeez you would think there might be some animosity or something but no no they've lived in just relative peace in the last hundred plus years and just everything just ticks over some i i think there was one time where some dude wanted a bigger living room but other than that which i mean you know living rooms tend to be pretty spacious so i guess i can get it but you know oh man I, I don't think I've heard a Lebensraum joke in a while, so here we go. Um, let's hit the Community Shield now because they will not be playing at Wembley due to that uh, Women's Euro Final, which will be at Wembley this weekend. Uh, so instead, Liverpool and Manchester City will be taking to the KP, King Power Stadium over in Leicester. A true neutral ground, I guess. Um, as the two teams descend, Liverpool, of course, going there because of the FA Cup title they won last season. Man City going because they won the league. Um, Wes, this is their each team's kind of last, you know, big tune-up before the Premier League starts the weekend after. Um, I'm a little bit curious to see how both teams are going to come out. Um, obviously, it's it's a trophy. You know, it's a big one. You want to win it. Um, but I also wonder. You know, it's your 
kind of your last preseason one. You want to make sure you're going to the season fresh. And also, as, as should be noted, of course, especially with these two teams, this is going to be one long season. And I, I feel like we've been saying that for the last couple of years because of COVID. But this year, also because of the World Cup being in the winter, because, well, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. Um, that's going to obviously compress, especially the first part of the Premier League schedule down even more, uh, as well as the Champions League. And two, with these both these teams fielding players in the World Cup, that's going to be a, a tough ask of all of them. So, you know, I, I do kind of wonder what gear both these teams will hit in this matchup. Obviously, you know, these are these are kind of rivals now, the two top teams in the Premier League who we've seen over the past three to four years. And so I just I, I just kind of wonder at what level of intensity this match will be played and what kind of decisions both managers will be making in terms of lineups and substitutions as the game progresses. I think with these two teams, everything matters when they do match up. Um, I think it's a mental thing between the two. Um, City are going to want to lay down an early marker saying, look, Liverpool, we know you went and you got some guys this summer. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're still better than you. We're, we beat you whenever we get the chance. Um, you know, we, we keep you from – we keep you from lifting the big prizes that you want to lift. That's what we do. We're Manchester City. For Liverpool – it comes out if they can lay down the road marker. It's a new season, um, you know. Yeah, this isn't the one that really matters at the end of the day, but it at least shows that you know what we can come out and we can bloody City's nose. And guess what, City, you're going to have a fight this year because we're not going. Uh, that that's what you get out of this match. Um, the fans get bragging rights. <clears throat> um, in the grand spectrum of things, only Manchester United a trophy. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a nice little tune up before the season. Um, I don't think Klopp's going to play thirty some players because I don't think no one. <laughs> yeah, um, but. I mean, I've got a feeling with both teams, you're going to see they're going to at least come out in this match with what's going to be either their match day one lineup or it's going to be close because this is like, this is kind of like the ultimate dress rehearsal. It's like mm -hmm. you get one extra match that doesn't count against the standings, doesn't knock you out of anything. You get one extra. And really for City and Liverpool, it's like it's too top boxers getting kind of like a free round against each other. Um, so I expect them to come out. I think both teams are going to throw some jabs. Uh, interested to see how they manage it as it goes, because of course, at the end of the day, the most important thing out of this match is um, that all your players come out healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's it is the curtain raiser on the on the new season, but 
maybe not quite must-see TV. And that's about the only time you can say that when it comes to Liverpool plays. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 going to be very intrigued by this. Again, I think less from a results standpoint. I, I obviously either side will take this as, especially the fans will take this as a big moment in the season. Hashtag trademark. Um, but I, I do. I'm I'm more curious at the end of the day just to see how both coaches uh deal with this and how they how they really go about you know because you're saying you know they might just go ahead and put out their best 11s and i do think that's a good idea i think you want to you know hit the ground running as it as it were especially you know in the premier league where you know city lost their first match last season and it nearly came back to bite them in the ass so you want to get a good start. You don't want to be dropping points. And as you say, to get this kind of dress rehearsal, to get this kind of essentially a scrimmage against one of the other top teams in the world is a great opportunity for both sides. Uh, but I am curious if you say, okay, you know, let's give, let's give our best 11 an hour and then start rotating mm-hmm. out. I believe this is a, I believe it's now five substitutes. So you do right. have an opportunity to cycle through players pretty considerably. Um, and, I, and I kind of expect both managers to do that, even if they tend to be a little stingy normally with their subs. I, I do believe in this one, though. They'll be, they'll be using them. So I'm curious to see what it is more than the actual play of the field. And um, yeah, I, it still could be a banger. It absolutely could still be a banger between these two because these two, it doesn't matter, it seems. It just, if it's the FA Cup semifinal, if it's a league match, if it's the Champions League, we, we get bangers from these two teams. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And that just means, you know, we're also one week back from the Premier League started. And what a way to celebrate the 100th FA Community Shield, which I believe is presented by McDonald's. Yay. <laughs> the big century mark. All right. Uh, let's hit the transfer market as we are starting to wind down the transfer market here. Um, a lot of the big piece of fun, of course, you know, we didn't think we'd have one of those domino type pieces this year where as soon as this transfer goes through, you might start seeing a little bit more, uh, some more action as, as other teams start to pick up the pieces. Uh, of course, as we'll get to in a minute, Cristiano Ronaldo, still a very much undetermined piece of the puzzle for a lot of teams right now. However, some deals have been made official. Um, we had, uh, what were some of the ones we had? We had, there was only a couple. Uh, Alexander Zinchenko officially going to Arsenal uh, from Man City. Uh, Dwight Gale is leaving Newcastle to head to the championship. He'll be going to Stoke. Ben Mee is uh, leaving Burnley to come join Brentford. Um, and then this was the one I think Wes uh, teased without knowing he was teasing it. Um, Wes mentioned Jesse Lingard would be on the move sometime this summer. And damn if it didn't happen the very next day, he's heading to Nottingham Forest. And Wes, I just took a peek, and, and you can talk more about the transfer, obviously, as well as any others, you know, outside of England, because I was just hitting the ones in England. 
But I'm just having a look here at uh, Nottingham Force incomings and outgoings this transfer window. And again, we've, we talked about they've got Nico Williams in. Uh, they brought in Musa Nikiti from uh, Mainz. They brought in Omar Richards from Bayern Munich. Again, they're getting in Jesse Lingard on a free. They got Wayne Hennessy and Dean Henderson in as keepers. Um, and I'm looking right now. They have uh, committed five and a half million dollars to outgoing players that they're making money. They have spent close to ninety million dollars on incoming players, and that's just in transfer fees. So this is um, this has been quite an expensive summer as Nottingham Forest returns to the Premier League, and I must say, I hope for their sake that they stick around for a year or two and start uh, making some of that money back. Cause that is a big, big net net spend on their, their part. Um, but what about that? You know, Jesse Lingard, again, going to force force really seems like they're trying to build up something and not just be a one and done here in the prem West. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how their return goes. You know, I'll give it to Forrest. Their goal is to, as you said, stay up. Yep. Um, and I think we've seen that it's it's hard to stay up if you don't come and invest. Um, now, do teams always invest wisely? No, half of them. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, I give it to I give it to Nottingham Forest. This is exactly what you have to do. You have to take a chance. Um, you have to go out, do what you think is right. They they had a phenomenal turnaround a season ago after starting. God, I think they were dead last of the championship, like six weeks in, something like that, mm-hmm. and ended up getting into the playoff, winning the playoff, getting the promotion, and they played some really good football after making the managerial change. And now you've got to go out, you've got to bat the manager, you got to give him some players. Uh, Lingard, for all the kind of side jokes that we make about Jesse mm-hmm. Lingard and a lot of people make, you know, Jesse Lingard is an accomplished Premier League player, had a great half a season on loan at West Ham. He mm-hmm. was just never quite the standard that Manchester United needed. Mm-hmm. And that's really what got him at the end of the day at United was he just wasn't quite level. Jesse Lingard is a definite, you know, pretty damn good Premier League player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes you just have to go and do what you have to do. And you know what? You're a team like Nottingham Forest. You're probably going to have to overpay to get out. Um, but, But the thing is... It's one of those, if you stay up in the Premier League and you turn around and establish yourself in the Premier League, then pretty much every cent was worth it. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Every penny's worth it if if you stay up and you stay in the Premier League because you'll make that money back hand over fist. So, um, I'm, I'm pleased with Nottingham Forest that they're going for it. Um, that, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see, I'd personally like to see Nottingham Forest reestablish themselves, um, as a, as a Premier League team, uh, and as a team that maybe in a few years is even going to be able to, um, uh, to, to 
start working their way up the table and establish themselves year in, year out as a Premier League team. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting, you know, with kind of the, the return of Leeds uh, a couple seasons mm-hmm. ago and now having Forrest back in, in the Premier League. Um, kind of, it's weird to call them the old guard. Um, especially for, you know, a lot of people like me who, you know, only kind of came around, right. you know, over the last decade, who wasn't around really when Nottingham Forest was actually winning trophies. Um, yeah. So it's been interesting seeing both these teams, these stalwart teams coming back into the Premier League and, and be welcomed in with, 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 you know, a lot of good feeling. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not some good feelings for, depending on who you are for Leeds. Um, <laughs> neutrals, the neutrals like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's it's going to be really interesting to watch Nottingham Forest this year and see uh, if all of this spending can pay off for them and if they can maintain a foothold now in the Prem. Um, anything else catching your eye? I know we're about to talk about Ronaldo in his own little little section because he he deserves it. Um, but uh, any any other transfer sagas and shenanigans uh, catching your interest lately? Yes, Ronaldo gets his own section because nothing's happening. Um, <laughs> I think I think we brought up last week that uh, Paolo Dybala was going to Roma. Um, yes. That one went official this week. Man, if you saw the videos, what a reception for Paolo Dybala going to Roma. Just absolute spine-tingling stuff. You know, it's one of those places where they don't do, like, the big – reveal welcome of players really so we don't get that too much but man i'll Mm -hmm. tell you those spanish and those italian clubs holy hell man they know how to uh they know how to introduce a player to the fans and paolo dabala going to roma you know dabala is one of those guys who's kind of become an afterthought at juve just because of what's happened there over the last few years paolo dabala can stay healthy uh with the way that Roma came around in the second half of last season um, with some of those players they have maturing. Maybe Roma could be a team that could make some real noise in Serie A this year. I don't think that's a team that can win the title, but that could be a team, once again, with Dybala coming, that could be a team that could challenge for a Champions League spot. Uh, I am actually watching the the video that the uh, the English language Roma account posted on on Twitter. Uh, I obviously I'm watching it with the sound off, but wow, that's uh, that yeah. is quite impressive. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that is that is an entrance. That uh, that's gonna be interesting because I you know I think you know a lot of. <sighs> It, it Dabala's had a weird time where he was supposed to be one of the next like big mm-hmm. big things and never quite reached that and Juventus. So this is this is almost kind of like a second chance for him to really establish something. Obviously, the Roma people are going to be very excited for him if he can come good for them. Um, but yeah, this is this is what what a welcome. What an absolute amazing welcome. Um, so good, good luck, Paulo. Don't you don't want to get them all get on their bad side? Obviously, well, they. I, I believe this was actually just a uh, an unveiling of Josie Mourinho's tattoo. Oh, okay. And then uh, and then Dybala showed. They were like, well, whatever. Might as well roll it into one. Save some money. It's all about Josie. What's he's all about, Josie? Oh man, can can Josie add to his triple collection? Um, 
They literally so, have yeah. to make up a new trophy for him. So. <laughs> well, let's see. What has he not won yet? Just, just in general. Chosen needs to win the World Cup. Oh! It's got to be. And you think about it, I mean, that's kind of been... You know, at some point, you know he's going to be... He's going to be somebody's national man. Yeah. Probably Portugal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, now honestly, that's that. So you know, you bring in the the big international trophies with the national championship. But I mean, think about it. He won. He's won everything in England. I think he won the two big Spanish titles. Let's um, see. What is I know he won mean? the tre. I mean, he won a treble at Inter, so he's won Italy. Uh, he hasn't been to Germany. Mm, that's true. All right. He has won. Let's see. So he won the Premier League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Community Shield. Uh, and he was the Super... He did not... Has he won a Super Cup? He has not yet won the Super Cup. Twice runner-up, once with Chelsea and once with uh, United. Uh, yeah, he won Serie A. Uh, the Copa Italia, the Supercopa at Inter, uh, won La Liga and the Copa del Rey and the Supercopa in, Re- and, uh, in Spain. Um, yeah, so he just he just kind of has to go. We're, sorry, France, we're not counting you. He just has to go. Okay, so he has to go to Germany and win some win win those things, which I guess means he has to become the manager of Bayern Munich. Uh, and then. You know, there there is actually a, a domestic trophy he hasn't won. He hasn't won the Club World Cup, actually. Which, really? Mm. That's actually Maybe kind not. of interesting. Um, because well, how many times has he won the Champions League? Three times. Twice. 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 Um, I don't know. I don't know why I had three times in my head. Um, no, he won. He won it with Porto. He won it with. Italy. Okay, so okay, so maybe he wouldn't. Know, he wouldn't have maybe. I wonder. I wonder who won the the club World Cups those years. Anyway, um, yeah, you think about it. He won with Porto, and then he went directly to Chelsea. Oh, okay, okay, maybe. Okay, and it, Inter, yeah, yeah. After he went, he wanted it enter. He went to Real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. he, never, he never went to him and had the chance to win him. So. Okay, okay. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if either of those teams won it and we could, like, posthumously give him the club program. Um, um, actually, I think I'm pretty sure Inter won it because I believe sure. the year they went... They played Internacional, the Brazilian side, in the final. Inter Center A. I'm looking up the finals right now. So. Um, List of finals. <laughs> 2005, 2006. Um, so Italy, Inter. Uh, what's like they beat some team from like 
Uh, the Congo? In the final. World Cup 20... Yeah. 2010. Yeah. Um, let's see. Before oh, okay. That, Inter um... Inter was in uh, Internacional was in that tournament, but they lost mm -hmm. to the Congo team in the semifinals um, before playing. So they, if they had beaten the, the TP Mazembe, um, mm -hmm. if they had beaten them, it would have been Inter versus Inter in the final. Okay, I was I was close. Before that, the first Club World Cup was actually in 2000, and then they didn't play it again until 2000. Okay, so, so it wouldn't have been... Okay, so yes, I am posthumously awarding the 2010 FIBA, FIFA Club World Cup to Josie mm -hmm. because he got Inter there. Okay, cool. Um, I, I have that power. So yeah, all he has to do is go win everything in Germany, and he's 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 he has the the European Grand Slam. I'm saying. Oh yeah! So, wow. And he's gonna go win the World Cup. So. Yeah, actually, that's not not whatever Jimmy manages. Just Josie's gonna go win the World Cup. You know, I I know we love to make fun of Josie, but like, goddamn, that's a resume. That is a hell of a oh. resume he has. Jesus. He's very happy to point it out, and we all understand. Yeah. It's just, dude, you just, you fuck yourself constantly. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, lo I love all these. It's so funny also going through his list of honors and then just getting to Tottenham 2020-21 EFL Cup runner-up, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't wait he wasn't even that, for that. That's, that's like the only stop he never won a trophy yep it is because he's already won one at Ropa so yeah Jesus Jesus anyway um, God bless Josie um as we uh, as we mentioned earlier, we do have we do have Christian Ronaldo update. Play the play the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. Um, this coming from Dan Sheldon and Laurie Whitwall. Uh, I was poised to use another athletic article for this, but this one got updated today. So hooray! Um, Ronaldo is back at Manchester United for now, I guess. Um, and really, you know, he missed five days of training as the squad returned. From their uh, their international tour of duty, uh, and now they are all back together. Um, it does look like Ronaldo is still though trying to look for a way out. Um, but Chelsea seemingly have been ruled out. Uh, West mentioned last week, uh, you know, Atletico might be a possibility. There's been talk about a potential trade of Griezmann for Ronaldo somehow. Um, it doesn't seem like Atletico is too keen on that that sort of deal. Um. So yeah. It, oh, it, 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 it just, did you did you see what was posted in uh in Spain by um, by Atleti fans? No. Um. Okay. Just to just to paraphrase it. Now these are actual quotes from just a short. Uh, a a group of about three hundred ultras expressed their quote absolute rejection of Cristiano Ronaldo. And went as far as you say that the forward is, quote, the antithesis of the values that athletes stand for, such as effort, selflessness, and humility. 
to rub further salt into the Ronaldo wounds, I added that he is, quote, a player in clear decline. Uh, making um, it really clear, the supporters group asked the club to, quote, dismiss the possibility of his signing if it has been considered at any point. Let's see. I can actually... So I actually have the uh, oh, the communication oh, up. It, it's even better um, than what I just gave you. They, they so dropped one thing I, about basically just saying screw a trophy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Translate. Translate for me, phone. All right. Um, all right. Faced with the possible... This is the this, this is the translation of the official communication uh, as on Twitter from... Uh, what is it? Union Internacional de Peñas Atletico Madrid. Uh, faced with the possibility that the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo is more than just a rumor without any foundation, we express our absolute rejection of a hypothetical incorporation into our club, as we already recorded publicly on July 19th through social networks. The aforementioned player represents the antithesis of the values that constitute the hallmarks of our atleti, such as the effort, generosity, simplicity, and humility of those who want to defend our values. Even in the unlikely assumption that a player in frank decline like Cristiano Ronaldo could secure a title, we would not accept his signing. The sense of belonging to our athletic feeling is not something that is within your reach to your misfortune, so you could never achieve our affection or recognition. Therefore, we ask the club to reject your possible hiring if at any time you have considered it. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. Holy shit. Ah. We don't want oh, that's that's so good. Oh, it looks like uh, I don't know where uh, where this was, but someone took a picture of some Atletico fans with a banner at a match, reading "CR7 Not Welcome." Oh, oh boy! Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That's that's ooh, that would that's that's fun times. Um, so anyway, back to Ronaldo at United. Um, he, uh, he, he made it there on Tuesday and, uh, his, I guess now lapdog, Sir Alex Ferguson also happened to be there that day. Wow. Crazy. Crazy that. God. Woof, woof. I feel, so, well, okay. I was going to say, I feel so bad. No. It's, no. I feel so I'm gonna, here's the analogy I'm going to use, Wes. So I have um, a Sonos speaker. And in the Sonos speaker software, you can set a volume limit for how loud you can, you can actually crank the speakers up. Um, so I thought that if you brought it down from 100 to 50, that meant you couldn't make the volume above 50. What it actually means is you can still push it up to 100, but 100 equals 50, 50 actually equals 25, whatever. That's what I mean when I feel so bad for Alex Ferguson. I've pulled my slider down to like five from 100. So even if I feel so bad in air quotes at like 80, that's still only like four out of 100. I don't actually feel bad, but I kind of have to say that. So yeah, he's here. He's he's having a scheduled lunch with Chief Executive Richard Arnold and other people, you know, sure, because, you know, I, and I'm sure 
this whole Renato situation never came up at all. Um, just, I, it, it's a very weird situation. And again, don't feel bad for anybody, but Ronaldo pretty clearly doesn't want to be here. United also pretty clearly don't want to let him go. And also, it seems like nobody actually really wants him that isn't United. So I don't know how the hell this thing's going to get resolved, Wes. So the thing with Ronaldo is he's like adamant that wherever he goes, he wants to play Champions League football. Okay, I get it. But, I mean, unless you're, unless he's willing to severely cut down on those wages, who's going to tame him at this point? I mean, I mean let's look real around quick. Well, yeah, go I, I'm, I'm going to go through the list. I'm going to go through the list of teams. Yeah, yeah. Who, is he, is he going to go to Real Madrid? If anywhere, that one almost seems like the outside chance. But he's going to yeah. have to go. He's going to have to take a severe wage cut. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to have to realize that he's there basically to back up Benzema. Um, is, he, is he going to Eintracht Frankfurt? No. Is he going to City? No, City no. probably don't want him. Is he going to uh, AC Milan? Probably not. I mean, they're they hey they've already got an old striker in Zlatan who kind of fills that role that Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. um, and plus, he, he probably doesn't want to take no. Is he going to Bayern? No, Bayern is shutting out. We're not going to Bayern eventually come out and say. Is he going to PSG? I see no damn way he goes to PSC. My God, the circus that would be. By the way, you're earlier on a 424 suicidal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would be PSG actually then. Yeah. Ooh. God, they'd be forced to play that. No way. Not with, not with that new manager who's trying to like stamp some card. That's a suicide sign. Um, is he going to Porto or Ajax? not going to Porto because if he ever went back to Portugal he would go back to sporting mm -hmm. Porto being a big um, a big rival no way Ajax Ajax is all about you. Hmm? so okay so is he going is he go, is the, those were the pot one teams is he going to Liverpool <laughs> I literally think there's a better chance of going anywhere else on the planet. <laughs> um, you know, we we've already mentioned Chelsea. Chelsea doesn't seem like that's going to work. He's not going to Barcelona. Is he going to go back to Juventus? I think the Burnley's bridges in Juventus, and Juventus are trying to move away from that, and they're trying to get younger mm -hmm. across the board. It, it doesn't uh, work. In um, so he's, he, he just made very clear. He's not going to Atletico. Can't imagine then he goes to Sevilla. You know, I, I don't see that happening. No. He's not going to Leipzig. He's not going to Spurs. He's not going to Dortmund. He's not going to Salzburg. He's not going to Shakhtar. Um, I don't think he'd be going to enter. Uh, they're, they're already trying to get rid of a bunch of money. Um, 
I don't think he's going to they, they've Napoli. Got, they've got Lukaku. Oh, that's true. Uh, he's not going to Napoli. You said, again, sporting, but that's like if he knows he's actually done and it's a farewell tour, which I don't yeah, that's think... Like the romantic, that's like the romantic let's go home one more time tour. Yeah. Then Leverkusen, Marseille, Bruges, and Celtic. That's that's all the teams that are in the group stage currently. Bob, Ronaldo to Celtic? <laughs> I'd like to call it here first. Ronaldo to Celtic. He's going to make like 15 oh. bucks a week. Oh, man. And then, like, again, even, even if you look at the next, like, kind of lineup of teams that could then make it into the group stage, teams like Monaco, Eindhoven, Kiev, uh, Rangers, Benfica, Michelin, uh, Zagreb, like Belgrade, Glimped. He's he's not going to these teams. Like I I don't. That's the point. Like unless it's as you mentioned, maybe Madrid, the Real side. I, I don't know where he could possibly go. So out of all these groups. <clears throat> The only ones I could really see anything happening are potentially Madrid. Um, or once again, he'd have to swallow a lot of pride to get back to Madrid. Um, I'm not ready to 100% rule Chelsea out. Okay. Just because of the new ownership group and the new ownership group is American, and sometimes they will do some crazy shit just to like make a splash. And Chelsea have not really made a big splash signing this summer. So, maybe. I mean, I'd give it like less than a 10% chance. I just, I don't, I don't, and again, he could be overruled. I don't think Tuchel goes for that move. I, I don't, I think he had enough of the giant egos at PSG, and he sees Ronaldo and is just like, nah, stay the hell away from me. Please, no. And also, I mean, he just dealt with the whole Lukaku situation. Yeah. Ronaldo does not, Ronaldo, like Lukaku, does not play the style that Tuca wants to play. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I mean, you know, once again, maybe, maybe that shoot back to, um, to sporting, but I mean, it doesn't look like that's really on the cards either. Not right now, yeah. at least. Yeah. I don't know that. If he is ready and willing, if he just wants out of United that bad, maybe he sits down with the family and they're like, all right, let's go to NLS. Oh. That's the only other thing I could see him doing. But that's walking away from you. That's walking away from her. And, um, yeah. I mean, that's why I don't away from her. So, is, does is he, he ready and prepared to do that? Does he do that? Now, I know, because I, I know, I'm about to say something, and I know there's an, a counter argument to this, and I already have it in my head. But does he do that in the year that he will probably be playing in his final World Cup? Well, there you go. I mean, 
Honestly, the answer, the counter argument to that is bail, but bail also couldn't probably get it. Yeah. Gary Bale's doing it. Um, (laughs) What would be funny about it is, I mean, if Ronaldo comes over, I can only see two places that Ronaldo would go in this kind of safe supply, and that's either Miami for Beckham Mm -hmm. or he goes to fucking LA, which means you know he's going to go to Galaxy. And then you got uh, El Trafico between uh, Bale and Ronaldo. Which would be hilarious. Which is very interesting, but, you know. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only other move I could see him having, you know. That's an outside move, but I mean... I mean, it's more likely than 95% of the teams I listed that are in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, because those other teams aren't signing. It's just not happening. So. Oh, interesting. Well, if it happens, folks, you, I imagine, heard it here first. <laughs> oh, All man. Them MLS. Wow. Ronaldo to North Carolina FC or Charlotte oh. FC, whatever the hell they're called. Yes. Well well Charlotte FC just beat Chelsea in a in, in penalties. So, you know, what's right, up? They're, they're ready to compete. Yeah, and, and, and we know what we know what Minnesota FC did. So we haven't forgotten Everton. We haven't forgotten. Walk the dog on them toppies. Amazing. All right. Some other news and notes we have. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. Um, this is from Jacob Whitehead uh, from a couple days ago. Footballing bodies announced tougher measures to tackle fan disorder. Uh, as the article mentions, last season saw several incidents of fan violence. Uh, players were hit with missiles at Goodison Park and Stamford Bridge while a string of pitch invasions have also led to safety concerns. Uh, for example, uh, Aston Villa manager Steven Gerrard accused City fans of attacking goalkeeper Robin Olsen after they secured the league title, while a Nottingham Forest fan was imprisoned for headbutting Sheffield United striker Billy Sharp. Um, PFA chairman John Muschino, which definitely isn't Josie Mourinho in a mustache, I promise you. <laughs> That's that is definitely that is definitely Mourinho's undercover name, John Muschino. Oh my god. Anyway. Huh. Said in February that English football was facing an aspect of violence which it needs to get on top of very quickly. Um, in response, they've announced uh, the leagues have announced their intention to enforce a tougher charging and sanctioning policy, as well as establishing new directives for use of smoke bombs and pitch evasions, with more banning orders expected to be implemented. Um I mean, I think this is a good thing, Wes. You know, we saw, you know, water bottles being thrown to a lot of players. You know, we've seen more pitch invasions. And and eventually, you know, somebody's going to get hurt really badly. It might be one of the fans themselves because, you know, these are strong athletes on the field and they have sometimes no compunction of tackling people. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is probably something needed and to go ahead and sort of nip in the bud uh before it gets before it gets much worse i think 
Um, stop being stupid, people. Just, just stop. There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm also, also kind of surprised. A lot of the comments on this athletic article, um, not just agreeing, but actually talking about a lot of the, the poor sort of atmosphere that has been coming over the last couple of years. Um, so, and it, I, I, you worry about an article like this, you know, you have a lot of people coming in going, "Oh, game's going soft. Game's gone." And uh, instead, it's you know, yeah, like that. Uh, and instead, you know, hey, a lot of people actually, you know, kind kind of on board with this. Um, so yeah, good good for them. Um, in other news from Adam Crafton, uh, Shakhtar seeks fifty million euros of damage uh, from FIFA over lost transfer fees. Um, so essentially, um, due to the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, FIFA made the decision that, hey, if you're playing in the Ukrainian league and you're not from there and you want out of your contract, go ahead. Um, and obviously the Ukraine's like, but, but uh, you know, we, uh, we have contracts with these players. You know, we kind of based a lot of our stuff on them. So where's, where's our recompense now? So they, they want the money. Um, after the uh and has gone into the court of arbitration for sport and like in, in fairness to fifa west i i get it it's the right thing to do to let players who aren't from ukraine get out of their contracts get out of that situation but you you can't just not then do nothing for the teams either so so i'm glad Shakhtar is uh standing up for themselves and and hopefully we'll get some of this money they've got to i mean you're Basically cutting that entire club off at the knees. And, you know, in the in the sense of trying to do right by these players over there, you're basically screwing a team that, or not just Dr. but you're basically screwing all those clubs over there in general who are all like, I mean, sorry a war broke out here. It's not exactly our fault. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they got to do what they got to do. I don't blame yeah, and you know, as they mentioned, you know, while certainly the Ukrainian clubs understand what happened, um, you know, they instead of maybe just letting the players go for free, they would have tried to actually sell the players and and get some of that money back. And so that's kind of where the fifty million comes from, at least for Shakhtar, is you know, hey, we had four good foreign players we were going to sell, now we can't sell them. You know, where's that money going to come from now? So hopefully. FIFA will do the right thing. They probably will not. Um, no. Speaking of, of government, soccer governing bodies not doing the right thing, uh, this is another story from Adam Crafton, exclusive, exclusive, from two days ago. Um, clubs fear that UEFA will withdraw £2 billion COVID-19 relief fund. Um, in December 2021, UEFA's website announced the executive committee had heard a detailed update on plans for the European club football recovery plan. Uh, sports teams were impacted to varying degrees by COVID-19 through the loss of match day and ticketing revenue, downgraded commercial partnerships, and rebates paid to broadcasters when the sporting match was unable to continue. Um, uh, executives from leading clubs in Turkey, for example, say they are finding it extremely difficult to secure loans from Western lenders owing to the weak accounts of their major clubs and a calamitous financial situation for the local currency in Turkey. 
Um, the Athletic has spoken to multiple club executives and a cross-section of European leagues over the past week, and several said they felt that UEFA were now unlikely to push through the rescue plan. Club executives wished not to be named owing to sensitive relations with UEFA, but two said a failure to deliver the fund could push clubs towards riskier approaches to raising money. This could include selling a percentage of future broadcast revenue, which Barcelona is doing, or commercial income to private equity funds, or venturing further into the space of fan tokens and non-fungible tokens, aka NFTs, which... <sighs> so, UEFA acknowledged the fund is not yet materialized, but attributed the delay to a, quote, completely new economic environment. Sure. UEFA's Finance Committee, chaired by former Manchester United Chief Executive David Gill, has also expressed reservations about the plan. So. That's great. This is going to be fantastic. I, just amazing. 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 That's one wonderfully bang up job, everyone. Just bang up job. Also, real quick side note, um, because of the story, um, as we mentioned, as I mentioned, uh, we, we've talked a lot about in this podcast about how, how exactly do Barcelona have all this money to be spending on players? Oh, how exactly is that happening? Um, the TIFO YouTube channel, which is an offshoot of The Athletic, uh, they actually put out a seven-minute explainer video earlier this week, uh, which goes into exactly how Barcelona are still able to, to throw money at people when they, in fact, have no money. Um, it's very uh, simple to understand the way they break it down. Um, so if anybody wants to, I don't have a link. I'm sorry, but just search for like TIFO Barcelona or something. And it's, again, it came out this week. So great explainer video. Go check it out. Again, part of it is bar, uh, selling off some of their broadcasting rights in the future. So haha, <laughs> LOL at Barcelona. Um, and then lastly, Wes, and, uh, and it's a feel good news, I think. Um, with the World Cup coming in, uh, in just now about five months, um, it is going to be on Fox this year, but we will have a familiar voice in the booth. Sir Ian Dark is coming to Fox, uh, on loan from ESPN and, uh, will be one of the, uh, the lead play-by-play announcers for the 2022, uh, world cup in qatar this reported by andrew buckholtz over at awful announcing um you know it's it's still good so you know sometimes we disagree with with papa dark on twitter wes um but still absolutely one of the best voices in the game and 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 a great pickup for fox in what is already going to be maybe uh, maybe a little bit of a tough sell world cup <laughs> this winter you know, to me, nothing would have screamed, you know, totally screwy World Cup more than Gus Johnson screaming into the microphone on Fox. I think that would get up on that experiment. What was that, like 2015 or something? Mm hmm. Oh, well. still, still a fun thought for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ian Dark, I mean, you know, it's weird, man. Um, People in the U.S., we love to hear the Brits announce the football. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. 100% me. I, I'm, I'm sorry, all you great American announcers, I know you're on. 
I don't want to hear American announcers announce. But that's for me, who somehow is like still classifying announcers. Uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me, presenter. Thing. I need to put in for my. I need to put in for my credentials for being a presenter. <laughs> yeah. So um, bring on, bring on That'll um, at least give us something to look forward to. Absolutely. Um, so we'll have to see what uh how Fox rounds out the rest of their uh, coverage. Uh, they've already mentioned that John Strong will be the uh, the lead play by play voice for their coverage. So we'll see how the rest of the roster fills out. And just go get um, Steve McMahon in the movie. Maka. Maka and Dark. Maka and Dark. Back, back reunited oh. and it feels so good. Um, all right. So that, that is our news and notes, though, for, for this episode. Wes, though, it's time to pimp the athletic. What you been reading this week? What articles have been catching your eye? Is Andy Staples featured again this week? Oh, Staples, you know, he's not, but he does have a really interesting um, interview with ESPN's Laura Rutledge. Okay. Um, uh, Laura Rutledge is uh, one of ESPN's uh, top college football personalities. Um, she she hosts on some of the stuff, and she does, like, sideline reporting. I love Laura Rutledge for her Miss Florida. And she's married to former Red Sox uh, player Josh Rutledge. Oh, okay. So fun, fun, fun. But anyway, he he actually I, I I didn't read the interview. There's a there's a written interview with her on the Athletic. I listened to the one on his podcast, and she was like, when she was coming up, she was like a big time like ballerina, of oh. all things, and like literally um, ended up going to the University of Florida. Uh, on like an academic scholarship and like decided like the day before she had to either enroll or lose her spot in Florida. She just woke up and was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done being a ballerina. I mean, she had like lived like a year in China, uh, like going to like these elite ballet schools like around the world. And then uh-huh. just wakes up one day and is like, all right, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so it's actually really cool. So I bet that would be a good article. Anyway, good job, Andy. Said, um, a few, a uh, few interesting ones to read this week. Uh, this one's a little older in the month, but it's one that I've come across and I saved. Um, is it the Athletic or maybe it was ESPN released a six-part series about Andrew Luck. Who is, is, you know, honestly one of the more interesting sports personalities in the last decade. Uh, And, of course, a big Andrew Luck fan from his time is like the greatest Stanford quarterback. Maybe not named Norway or Plunkett. Um, So Andrew Luck, of course, is number one, is is 1-1 in the NFL draft. Goes to the Colts. Basically, the Colts decided to let Peyton Manning go to draft Andrew Luck. And, and I, so I've listened to the six-part series, and it was just fantastic. Just fantastic. Um, and then Andrew Luck, like, retired at 29, I think. Yeah. Because of just injuries. I mean, he just got the ever-loving shit beat out of him over the years mm-hmm. and decided he'd had enough. 
and it just boggles people's mind that he walked away from, how dare you walk away from football before you can't walk anymore. Um, but uh, Zach Kiefer did a story, um, it's, it's actually a few weeks ago, uh, what happened to Andrew Luck, our new series goes inside his rise and shocking retirement. This was an athletic um, podcast. I really can't remember. But it's really good if you're into college football, NFL, uh, just a, a real interest story. Uh, go check out the story by Zach Kiefer and definitely go check out the podcast. It was really, really good. Um, my second story, the Valleca boys, four MLB draftees and the father who got them there. Um, there are four Valleca brothers. Um, I think all of them are, yeah, all of them are uh, playing professional baseball at this point. Um, and Zach Meisel, uh, once again, this was also a few weeks old, uh, goes into the uh, the depths of uh, what their their father sacrificed and did for these four kids to get the chance to play the high level baseball. And uh, then it all somewhat paid off for them, all four of them ending up playing pro baseball. I mean, that's freaking crazy. You know, we, as a parent, you're like, oh, my God, it'd be so awesome if, like, one of my kids became a pro athlete for all four of them. And all four drafted the shortstops, uh, two from UCLA, two out of UC Santa Barbara. Um, so, uh, yeah, now they're not all playing anymore. I, I, mean, I misspoke in there, but all four of them did play uh, pro baseball. Uh, really, really, really cool story um, to check out. And the last one I'm going to hit, let me bring it up. It's in my save. <clears throat> this one's about a week old. Um, college football, it's here. We've had SEC media days in the last week. and. Listen to Feinbaum if you want to hear about that. Oh. Stetson Bennett, the Rodney Dangerfield of college football. Folks, Stetson Bennett was last seen um, staring off into space and slurring through half of his Good Morning America interview uh, the morning after winning the national championship. And then for like the next month until he officially announced that he was coming back for his senior season, all people talked about was, so is he going to leave now so we can play one of these five-star kids? <laughs> well, no. Stetson Bennett's coming back. The dude has a national title ring and threw 29 touchdowns a season ago. And he gets absolutely no respect. The defending national champion quarterback could not find his way on any of the three SEC preseason teams. I understand him not being first team. There's this guy named Bryce Young who won the Heisman last year for Bama. I get that. But, man, the national championship winning quarterback cannot get on the second team, much less the third team in the SEC Crazy. preseason. Crazy. Um, yeah, me, me me has this feeling that Georgia ain't going to fall off too far this year. No. Crazy idea. Guess what? Georgia's still going to be really, really, really fucking elite. So, uh, doubt Stetson Bennett at your own peril. Um, that dude is by far living his best life. And um, I, think he's, I think he's got a big season on tap for uh, himself. And then Georgia, they involved out. Um, 
My, I got a couple stories. Uh, one from a couple days ago, Richard Sutcliffe and more. Why some teams won't have their kits in time for the new season. Um, I even noticed like Spurs just recently uh, started showing off their away kits. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't even shown off a third kit yet. Um, and there's some teams that just still actually haven't told the Premier or the Premier League or any other uh, English league what their away kits are um, due to a lot of, you know, supply chain issues with COVID-19. It's it's actually getting really bad. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see if this actually affects any teams once we hit the regular season. Um, there was one time where uh, where Shrewsbury had to wear an all red number uh, for a friendly with Cardiff to avoid a color clash with the visiting side who had no alternative to wearing blue due to their new away kit not having yet arrived. So fun times there. Uh, and we'll see if this actually ends up affecting any Premier League club teams. Um, and then the other one, you, you gotta love it. You just, you have to love it. Even if I'm not the biggest fan of this particular author. Um, but this from this past weekend, Steve Buckley in David Ortiz's Cooperstown moment, Slugger delivers emotional message beyond his usual quips. Um, David Ortiz enshrined into Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest, most important Red Sox players in history, one of the best Major League Baseball hitters of all time, one of the most clutch players in baseball of all time. Um, and was the truly the when you really think back to that, like almost two decades or maybe 15 years of dominance the Red Sox had and winning those four World Series, the big the big face is Big Poppy. Um, you know, there was there was Pedro, there was Man Ram, there was Pedroya, but through it all, there was Laser Show. Laser Show. <laughs> oh. So yeah, what a what a moment for him to get. What a great speech. Um, and again, this is a recap of it. Um, go watch it if you can. Just amazing stuff. David Ortiz, one of the legends, one of the greats. Glad to see him in Cooperstown. Um, glad um, the vote did do something really stupid yeah. with that. D David Ortiz. Um, I think Ortiz, along with uh, Pedro Martinez. Probably the two most iconic Red Sox of the last since Ted Williams. I mean, I would say at least I would say of our generation, so at least the last thirty yeah. years. Yeah. 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 But I mean, even you know, you go back, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, okay, we'll throw Yaz in there. Yeah. Definitely throw Yaz. Um I mean, you know, Jim Rice was amazing. Um, you know, David Evans was amazing. Yastrzemski um, was good. You know, yeah, I mean, Gaz, of course. Uh, Freddie Lynn was awesome until he left. I mean, then you had a couple of guys like Clemens and Boggs who could have been those guys. Fuck mm -hmm. them because they play for the Yankees. Um, you know, and then uh, Mo Vaughn looked like he might have been one of those guys, but, you know, it didn't last and he went to, um, L.A., Anaheim, California, whoever the hell the Angels were back then. Um, I mean, Pedro Pedro Martinez is still the greatest pitcher I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Maddox, 
Clemens right in there with that. I'm, I'm still, I'll take Pedro. One game to win with my life on the line, I'll take Pedro. Just don't give me those early 2000 Red Sox offenses. Or <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <We're screwed. laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, you know, this freaking waiver wire pickup from Minnesota because, you know, the <gasps> Twins have no need for this guy. No. And freaking David Ortiz walks through the door and we're like, I'm like, oh, heard of this guy, whatever, you know, hey, decent left-handed bat, you know, he can platoon at first. Yeah. Oh, little did I know that, like, yeah, like, one of the three greatest Red Sox ever was walking through the door. Um, yeah. And, I mean, David freaking Ortiz, man, the guy won us three World Series. Um, uh, he, he's, he is a Boston icon. I think he's you can make an argument that he's on that Boston uh, sports star, Matt Rushmore. You know, he's in yeah. the same vein with the Williams and Yastrzemski and the Birds and the, mm-hmm. um, the Bobby Orr's and um, Tom Brady. I mean, he's he's in mm-hmm. that rarefied air, and now he's in the Hall of Fame where he belongs. Um. I'm absolutely over the moon for David Ortiz getting in there. That's that's just that's freaking awesome. A uh, guy who left us with an absolute lifetime of memories, mm-hmm. um, and none more so than where he made the legend. Yeah, absolutely so Joe amazing. Saying, Joe Buck saying we'll see you tonight. <laughs> yeah. So. Just amazing. Yeah. What just, oh, the Red Sox this year's all the Yeah. There there was a moment we thought they could be good, but that, June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they lost like twenty seven to three, and well, that was that. So, uh, but we still had Big Poppy, and that's that we have oh, the memories. Big Poppy. We love Big Poppy. <laughs> Oh, amazing stuff. So go check that out. Um, that is going to bring us to our final segment, The Watch for Wes, what you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? So I'm getting all repetitive here, but um, for I think my third straight week, uh, we are closing in on catching up with uh, what we do in the shadows. Nice. But it just, it just gets better. It just, this is one show that is just like it keeps developing and developing and my god, these characters are magnificent. Just absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, we're about halfway through season three. Uh, season four, I think they're two or three episodes into season four, so like I said, we're close to being caught. After that, we're going to dive back into Bob's Burgers and then uh, and get to take a journey again because uh, uh, the 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 wife has only seen sporadic episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh boy! But she wants to watch it, and I'm like, I'm like, you mean I get to relive the Raymond Holt years of my life? Hell yes, is all I can say. Yeah, you should you should tell her you are going to make her the signature dish of the show. Heavens. Thanks. 
Kevin's famous rice is like literally my favorite beef patty. Oh man. Ah. Oh man. Yeah. And, it's, I, and I get to ride, be reunited RIP cheddar. Oh no. Cheddar and some basic bitch. Some <laughs> common bitch. <laughs> Oh, this is just a common cummerbund. Oh, man. <laughs> what a show. What a show. Oh, en enjoy. En enjoy the rewatch. Oh, completely weird. Um, Yeah, not much to watch this week. New, um, still going through Bob's Burgers. We have now hit... Season 12, which means we are on the final season that has completed so far. So we are about out of episodes of that. Um, but, but then you get to watch the movie, right? Yeah, we still need to watch the movie. Um, yeah. So we'll be, doing, we'll be doing that. Speaking of movies, we also still have to go watch uh, the newest Thor movie. We haven't done that yet. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw this weekend... Um, Comic-Con happened in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And so they did their big um their big Marvel panel on I think it was Saturday showing what what the last the next two phases are going to be. Um they they're going places. They are definitely going places. Um so yeah, I I I imagine I imagine we are going to have an, an endgame like movie. I think it's 2025 is when Secret Wars comes out. Um, I think I think there's going to be a lot of people who are about to be recast here when that movie comes out. Oh man. That is that is going to be very interesting to see who's still around. At the end of that movie, um, but hey, Black um, Panther they, two got they dropped the new yeah yeah I was about to say they dropped yeah. the Black Panther two uh, preview. Yes, um, shout outs to everybody on Twitter who 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 said how dare they not recast T'Challa. So shout outs to you guys. You guys, you guys are the real ones, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, because because apparently, like his brother said that that's what Chadwick Boseman would have wanted, and I'm like, yeah, but no, we, you know, too bad. we don't know that, man. We don't know that. You could just be saying that. We don't know. Um, you don't need yeah. to do it. So just let it go. Yeah, Namor looks cool though. That that was fun. Mm -hmm. that, that that was that was cool, and uh, and uh, I did not expect. Um, the uh the next ant-man movie to be like the actual big kickoff for like the next thing um you 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 watched loki right you watched loki all the way through yes okay so you know about kang okay right yeah uh, okay so so hearing hearing that he is like the villain of the next ant-man movie i was like that's interesting usually Usually Ant-Man movies tend to be a little more light and breezy. Um, introducing what I imagine is kind of... Well, I, I, I imagine he's like the next Thanos-level character that's, that's going to be here the next little bit. Maybe it's not him, though. 
maybe there's somebody that will be introduced in Fantastic Four that will that will also be a big player. I don't know. Maybe it maybe a certain doctor will be coming to the forefront. I don't know. So many questions. A lot of questions. A lot of media to consume. I'm I actually have like a backlog now. I still have to get through Moon Knight. Which I actually really do want to see. Um, I am debating whether I watch Miss Marvel, which looked good. I just if I'm going to skip one, it's probably going to be that. Because uh, I actually do want to see She-Hulk. I actually really want to see She-Hulk. She-Hulk's look, She-Hulk looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, so that's interesting. And hey, hey, Daredevil, Daredevil's coming back for an 18-episode show. That was pretty interesting, I thought. Because that's, that's a lot of episodes. That's a whole episode. I know, I know, like, if you're, like, a normal TV watcher, you're like, 18 episodes isn't very much. I would suggest you go watch some of those Netflix, well, now they're on Disney+, Plus, but the, the other uh, Daredevil shows they made, and I think those were, like, 10 or 12 episode seasons. You go tell me if those seasons needed 10 to 12 episodes, then you come back and tell me how you feel about an 18 episode daredevil season which sucks because i love charlie cox charlie cox is amazing vincent d'onofrio is amazing i hope it's good i hope it's good because i like that show it was a good show hope it's good so yeah a lot of stuff coming out a lot lot of media to consume as a consumer um but we have finished consuming this podcast as have you now uh, we are going to wrap things up here for episode 424. The Suicidal Highline has been completed, and we've gotten through unscathed. Uh, as we wrap up here, I want to give a shout to our podcast providers, which include Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, and you can also find us on social media. As a collective on Twitter, we are at AFAPod. Wes, you are. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can, excuse me, email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. But that is going to do it for this episode. Um, Next week, we will be doing our next Premier League season preview show. We'll be giving you the teams we think will get relegated, and we'll be giving you the teams we think will be finishing in those European places. We'll also have a recap of the Community Shield. See... Make sure everything, make sure all of them get through unscathed and see what else happens in the Ronaldo saga. Uh, but before we get out of here, Wes, is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, it's getting that time of the year again, Ed. By, by next week, when we reunite on this show for our Premier League preview, high school football practice will be underway here in the great state of North Carolina. Bye, oh, man. Takes me back to those days of almost dying twice a day. <laughs> yeah. And somehow it being worth it because, by God, folks, I'll tell you, there's nothing like Friday night under those lights. Uh, I, I am officially announcing that I'm back. I'm a WHIG TV high school football game of the week. 
And not one day after my tearful farewell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much cool. I was like, I was gone. You were wrong, bitches. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, oh, me, motherfuckers. So, uh, oh, yeah. Kids are off full turbo Rocky Mountain action this year. Um, Unless yeah, it gets rained um, out, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm betting on it. It's rained like every day for the last month, so why wouldn't it just continue on? Um, yeah, luckily, I don't have Rocky Mountain Southwest on the schedule anymore. They don't play anymore. That was always a guaranteed rain. Yeah. Southwest. I was guaranteed Monday night football. Yeah. I literally, I, I literally make my schedule now. Like oh. trying to do as little on Southwest as possible. Amazing. So thank goodness this year uh, they're playing. Uh, I think they're playing at Northern Nash and at Tarver for the Southwest games on Bloomington. Darby. Anything, anything to keep me from having to go. Anything to keep me from having to go to Southwest Edge County. Horrible, horrible press box. And the the horrible people in it. Um, do, you, do you know? Do you know who be your? Uh, do you know who be your video cowboy this year? So I was told the other day that my, my videographer, my videographer of the last few years, Ant, is unavailable to do games this year. So we are in the process of trying to find me a videographer. But if all else fails, <laughs> always. If all else fails, I have Wobby. Oh, so cool. Wobby has already. Wobby has already. Um, Kind of had to deal with the fact that he's next man up if it has to be. So he's right. desperately, desperately trying to find someone. Else. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Uh, do do not believe his excitement to uh, video high school football. Uh, it's, I, I'm shocked your excitement is isn't contagious and has not yet transmitted to him. I try as hard as I can. Well, you know, with all with all the great advancements we've made, surely, surely there's a way that I would be able to video in. Like they can send me the video feed, and I can then like zoom in and and do color commentary, right? Yeah, the thing is, somebody's got the video to start with. You know, they're not handing me a camera. Oh, that's what we should do. We should just. We should just do the, uh, they should just record the games and we should just go in later and do the commentary after the fact. I mean, they could play them live. So, like, I had to do that. I had to do that last year for two games. I think. God, that oh, really? is so, it is so painful having to go over and do those. Oh, no. Yeah, because no, wait. so last season I kept getting caught because, um, they, God, Rocky Mountain, especially, like, in the middle of the year, Rocky Mountain just, like, randomly rescheduled all their home games for Thursday night. Oh. So, like, if I was working, which I've got, uh, I'm fixed, and I'm good to go this year, either way, whatever they do. But, um, so what I had to do it, like, twice last year is uh, just send a camera person out there to record it, and then on, like, Friday... I had to go into the studio and Robbie would set me up and I'd have to do voice on her. Oh my God. Oh, it was horrible too. Oh, they were terrible, but you did what I had to do. 
Yeah, I see. I I wonder if that would person. be fun if if we if you had somebody to riff off of though. Like I, I can imagine doing that. Like if you were, if, I can imagine doing voiceover work like that by yourself would be maddening. But like, oh, mind-numbing was terrible. If I had you, man. Oh, if I just had you, man. I would have had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amazing. Now, luckily, I do have a. I do have a number two. Really? Wait, I, I think you told me who it is. Yeah, yeah, I have a guy. So, um, it starts with a W, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is a oh. this is a new. Oh, who is it? It's a new guy. Ah, uh, Luke, Lucas, Luke Robertson, Luke Robertson. Uh, he is a Christian graduate. Um, uh huh. Uh, we we are getting back to the uh, we are getting back to the magic network before where the color commentator never played football, but you know. Oh, this that's good. That's good. That's a good start. Yeah, that's see, see that's already a good start. So. I uh, no, but Luke is a uh, young guy who uh, is uh, very interested in getting into the media side of sports, and I'm like, well, I might as well come to WWE. Yeah. So, well, uh, I can do your one. I can do some more. I I can't wait till uh till he gets his first taste of you talking about Oz. Oh, I'll engage with Hey, did you know Rick Fox, Rick Fox got raped on that show? It was great. So yeah, this is the fourth quarter of uh something nasty. How did we get on that topic? I don't remember now. I have literally no idea. That was like, and then on the same weekend, I broke out my murder stick. That was good. That was a good one. I like that one, though. Because we were talking about a gun store. So that was actually relevant. Yeah, Yeah, they were one of our our sponsors. Yes. The problem is it was one of the sponsors, and it was during the drop. So they're like, go pick up your murder stick. <laughs> oh, I can laugh about this now. Gosh, here I am. I'm like the ultimate 2A guy. You know, I'm like Mr. Second Amendment. I'm calling murder sticks on here. Oh, man. Oh, man. Amazing. Mm. Amazing content here. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us here. Please, please don't go buy murder sticks or or go to prison and get raped. Please, but just just keep listening to the podcast. That'll that'll be great for my calling crime with Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us, and until next week, stay safe and enjoy the Community Shield football. Good night, Cristiano Ronaldo. Nobody wants you, but it's cool. You can come on our show. We'll bring you on. We're not going to pay you, but we're going to third man in the booth. And it would be it would be so unlike Ronaldo to try and force his way onto someone. Ronaldo, you want to call a want to call high school football? I need a third man on the beach.